Earlier this month, a member of the California State Assembly introduced a bill to tax home flippers if these people buy a home and then sell it within three years. Under the bill, which was proposed by Assembly member Chris Ward in San Diego, home flippers would face a 25% tax on top of existing state taxes. The bill aims to discourage people who buy and remodel homes, often to turn a quick profit. With housing prices rising across the state, some say home flipping isn't helping. Others say it's a legitimate but difficult investment. Rising construction and labor costs, as well as current supply chain issues, are also making it more difficult to flip homes. This is Deconstruct, a podcast by The Real Deal. Home flippers, especially in California, most likely want to take advantage of high housing prices and demand for new turnkey homes. But how exactly have prices grown across California over the years? And how did the state become the country's most expensive housing market? I asked Eric Sussman. He's an adjunct professor at the UCLA Anderson School of Management, teaching accounting and real estate. He's also a managing partner of Clear Capital, a private equity firm that specializes in value-add multifamily properties. Well, sure. Your data is correct in as much as if you look at the median home price in California, it's highest in the nation. Uh, It's been a moving target. And just to be clear, I mean, housing prices nationally went up nearly 20% in 2021, all-time record increase. And there wasn't a single market in the entire country for the first time ever that uh, that went down in prices, and there's every single market in the country went up. But if you look at Case-Shiller data, California still remains, yes, the, the most expensive housing market uh, in, in, in the country on, on average. Uh, as far as where housing prices have been, well, I guess I'll just give you one data point, which speaks volumes as far as I'm concerned. My parents, actually, my parents bought a home in Studio City, which is you know very modest, uh, you know, was a working class neighborhood back then in the mid-1960s for roughly $50,000. That home today is worth north of $2 million and they've literally added no value to it. It's, I hate to tell them that this, and I think they realize it, you know, it's a teardown. I mean, so it's valued north of $2 million. And when that day comes, they're going to scrape it and build something new. So if, if that doesn't tell you where housing prices have been, one anecdotal data point that speaks volumes. Eric says there's a number of reasons why housing prices have risen in California over the years. Most relate to the state's history. First, its housing stock is relatively young. In the 1800s, California was mostly made up of farmland, compared to the East Coast where single-family homes had already existed for 200 years. After World War II, California became a huge hub for entertainment and aerospace, creating millions of new jobs. Education and weather were also, and continue to be, big drivers to the state. Eric, I was wondering if you thought that home prices were going to continue to rise. Take the example of your parents' home in Studio City. Do you think that it will continue to go up in value once it's demolished and redone? Will it taper off? Or do you see any chance of homes depreciating in value? There's actually a couple of questions baked in there. One is, will housing prices go down? And if so, when might that happen? The ever dangerous pitfall of economic prognostication. As last time I checked, uh, there isn't a psychic on the planet 
What I would say is those folks that are expecting, wanting even housing prices to go down, because again, maybe they're looking to buy, of course. What I have said is that they are waiting for Godot. Um, unfortunately, I don't see that in the cards. Now, that is not to say that I expect a repeat of the ridiculous and extraordinary performance the housing market has experienced in recent years. Again, you know, over 20% increase last year. I just don't see that repeating. But again, given the supply and demand characteristics and relatively low interest rates that remain, high amounts of household wealth and significant liquidity as well in the, in the marketplace, I just don't see prices dropping. And now an HGTV special sneak peek. There's always a way to improve upon any flip. When you're in a hole, stop digging. My name is Paige Turner, and I am a real estate expert, broker, and flipper, and the host of HGTV's new show, Fix My Flip. Paige is hosting a new show on HGTV called Fix My Flip, where she's helping people in Los Angeles flip homes. I spoke to Paige a week or so before the home flipping bill in California was introduced. I'm going in to help literally people fix their flips, get out of the hole they've been digging and show them how to do the work properly. Sometimes people don't have budgets, but they're flipping a house. I asked one couple, what's your budget? They said, I don't know. Can you imagine how my heart dropped? I said, where's your contractor? I don't know. What is your new floor plan? I don't know. So I'm coming in. These people will put their life savings as a down payment on these six, seven, eight hundred in one case, $1 million properties, not post-renovation, pre-renovation, and they're literally stuck in this hole. So I come in, sometimes with my own money, always with a plan, and I help them get out of the hole that they dug and get the house to a beautiful reveal and then on the market. So Paige, how much are people initially paying for homes on your show? Between $650,000 to $1 million $666,000 to be exact. So in California, housing prices are high. It's largely considered the most expensive housing market in the country. But what's the range of profit you can make on a property that needs some work? The thing is, they're already high and they're going higher. So if you can find a property on the market, off the market, sometimes people are, are still door knocking. That's old school, just knocking on people's doors where they see an old home that's vacant or untouched mailing letters. And if you can get a property in that six, seven hundred thousand dollar range, I can almost guarantee you it's going to sell between one to one point two to one point five million dollars. So depending on the area, depending on the condition, depending on how much work you can put into it, it's a big money game. And it costs a lot to get in, but if you can get in, then there's still that even $100,000 to $300,000 profit that a flipper is able to make. As Paige said before, she doesn't think home flipping is for everyone, but she does think it's a worthwhile investment. I asked Eric what he thought about home buying as an investment opportunity. Look, traditionally, the, the mantra was, uh, renting is throwing money away. Why would you ever rent? You should buy. You're just throwing money away. But that is a real uh, misnomer and a misstatement of the reality. I know why people say that is because Americans historically have been lousy savers. We love to consume. We love to spend. But we haven't historically been savers. Now, the great financial crisis changed that. And actually, that changed as well during COVID. We became net savers. Um, 
But the, the mindset was, well, you're building up equity as you pay down your mortgage, right? You buy a home, pay whatever price you pay, let's say 20% down, traditional down payment, you borrow 80%, you make your loan payments over time, and you, as you pay down that loan balance, you build up equity in your home. So it's essentially forced savings. But it's sort of the comparison that you really need to do if you're being honest and sort of uh, academically sincere to the exercises, compare sort of the expected appreciation in home prices versus the opportunity cost for the money that's going to pay down the mortgage. I mean, in theory, if you were renting and taking the money you weren't spending on a home, uh, the down payment, let's just say, and even the, the higher uh, mortgage payments, and investing that in the equity markets or some other investment, you have to compare those relative returns. And actually, Single-family home prices nationally have gone up about seven percent a year since World War II. The uh, stock market up on average ten percent. So that has worked out better nationally. In California, I don't have exactly the, the annual data from World War II, but I assume it would be commensurate with stock returns, if not maybe a little higher. Um, but that's the, the the comparison. So it's true; it's for savings, it's investment in that way. But again, you have to compare it to the alternatives as well. It's not a, it's, you know, investments are not made in a vacuum. If this new state bill passes, home flippers will be facing a 25% tax on top of existing capital gains taxes, which can be up to 12.3%, depending on a person's income bracket. This tax will apply if they sell the home within a period of three years. Paige, like many other home flippers, aims to do all of her flips in a few months. But the bill's leader, Assemblymember Chris Ward, says the bill is hoping to target big-time investors, like iBuying companies, or companies hoping to turn a quick profit on a single-family home given the state of the market. Here's the Assemblymember on Fox 5 San Diego earlier this month. Good evening. Uh, well, yes, this week I introduced AB 1771, the California Housing Speculation Act, to address what we see as a growing influence of short-term speculation within our housing market. I hear all the time from constituents trying to get into their first home, only to be beat out by all cash offers. And we see industry's only report, uh, own reports showing that year over year, a growing share of those of those um, uh, sales are coming from investors. So, what do we do about that? We've got to make sure that we're using our tax policy smartly to try to dissuade that activity and that would let more traditional home buyers uh, given those opportunities to be able to secure those bids and move into the neighborhood. As The Real Deal has reported, others have criticized the bill for punishing small-time investors who want to invest in neighborhoods. And some say there are already barriers to home flipping. People have to pay for construction and labor, the costs for both of which are rising. For me, I don't like to add square footage when I when I flip a home. I just like to make it like a jewel box. That's Tammy Party, the CEO of Party Properties, a brokerage based in Venice. She's also a home flipper and spoke to me about why she started flipping homes before she started her own brokerage. They don't need to be huge to sell these houses. They need to be special and unique and beautiful and have little moments in the house. So I started doing that about 30 years ago, really. Um, and I was working in production in Los Angeles and I was doing it at night and on weekends. And I was actually making more money flipping houses than I was working in television and, and movie production. Yeah, we just did one on, Oak, on Oakwood in Venice and like it had one bathroom. Okay, so, but in, in the owner's suite, it really needed a bathroom. So we took part of a closet 
from the den and part of the den and we moved it into the bathroom. You know, so you have to kind of like circle through and see how you can reuse the same footprint, but in the in the best way. Tammy says there's probably less home flipping happening right now, given the state of the market. The price of construction has gone up significantly. And, you know, the price of like land, and it's very competitive out there to buy anything right now at all. So I think that that's actually hurting the home flippers, you know, from going in. But if you find something that's, you know, doing it like what, what I, I, I'm actually looking at one today myself, and I will probably do it because it's an old craftsman. And that's kind of part of my favorite. Those are my favorites to do. But I think for the bigger developers, I think it's I think it's slowing down a little bit because the demand for houses in general is so great that there's regular people that are buying even the houses that need to be flipped. So I think it's slowing down a bit. I think that when inventory you know goes back up, I think it'll be just as competitive unless the legislation goes through. I think that will um, will hurt it a little bit because it's the twenty five percent, I believe, of the you know the difference, you know, so depending on where that goes. So I had to ask both Paige and Tammy the same question. Can anybody be a home flipper? <laughs> no. I have to know your numbers. Like I, you know, I when I first did it, my contractor, I didn't have any money. So he was like, listen, I'll work with you, but you have to work side by side. So I mean, I was like putting in toilets. We were doing tile together. Like we were, and I mean, I was in it with him. And you got it. I mean, I'd go to Home Depot. Like it was when it was open 24 hours and at two in the morning. That's what, that was my Friday night. You know, you, you have to be dedicated and you have to be there and you have to have an attention to detail and you have to be kind of scrappy. And like, how is this going to get done? No, I don't think that. And I think that people that think they can do that without a few basic tools in their toolbox are going to fail. So let me put a caveat there. Isabella, I think that you can do whatever you set your mind to, okay? That is what I know because I have done it, okay? I'm living proof. But I think that when people go in with a mindset of DIYing a renovation, that you've already failed. Number one, time is money. So on the show, it's crazy. I'm so glad you brought this question. We have flippers who are so focused on building a fence with their family, the, the couple and the children, I said, but you guys are building a fence that I sent you a contractor that said it would cost $2,500. And over the last 12 months, it was $70 a day, but you've been building this fence for a year. Do you, can you imagine what you could have done with this property? Have you just hired a contractor and let me do what I do? I mean, so I think it's, I, I think that it's time consuming and not needed unless you're a professional, which most people aren't who are flipping, right? And they think, well, I can do, I can lay down this tile or I can fix this or fix that. Okay, well, you're just wasting time and money. Again, every day that work is not being done on a property, it's costing. The property is charging you up like a high interest credit card. Deconstruct airs every Monday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud, or you can listen at therealdeal.com. For comments on this episode or on the series, or if you have an idea you'd like to share, feel free to reach us at podcasts at therealdeal.com. Next week, we're looking at the rise of short-term rentals. Tune in then.